Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Trampoline Hall podcast. I am Misha Globerman, the host of the Trampoline Hall podcast. You probably know this, a trampoline hall is a lecture series. It's a lecture series that takes place in a bar. The bar is usually in Toronto, but sometimes we go to other cities. The way trampoline hall works is people give lectures on all kinds of topics, but the one rule is it cannot be their job to know the thing. They cannot be professionally expert on the subjects on which they are speaking. After each lecture, uh, we take questions from the audience. That's me, by the way, who does that. This, of course, is the Trampoline Hall podcast, which means instead of being on a bar, you're uh, on the elliptical trainer or doing your laundry, and it is recorded. On every episode of the podcast, we take one lecture from the archive. Some are old, some are new. They are all great. Uh, And here is this episode's lecture. I should tell you, it might contain mature language. If you like mature language, you're in for a treat. If you're a child, it is going to scar are you forever? Uh, this uh, this episode's lecture. The topic is Degrassi Junior High. The lecturer is Sanjay Mathuria. Hi, can you hear me? Oh, okay. Um, so you can, uh, if you know the lyrics for this song, you can say them along with me. <laughs> Wake up in the morning feeling shy and lonely. Gee, I've got to go to school. I don't think I can make it. I don't think I can take it. I wonder what I'm going to do. But when I look around, I see someone is smiling right at me. Wait, that someone's talking to me. Hey, I've got a new friend. Everybody can succeed. All you need is to believe. Be honest in yourself. Forget your fears and doubts. Come on, give us a try at Degrassi Junior High. So tonight, tonight I'll be talking about Degrassi Junior High and what it meant for me growing up watching it. Um, so for those who don't know it, Degrassi Junior High was a Canadian teen drama from the 80s, uh, following a group of teens in an East End Toronto neighborhood. Uh, Degrassi dealt with every social issue you could think of. There was teen pregnancy, eating disorders, uh, drunk driving, family violence, abortion, and so much more. Oh, so also, <laughs> please note that I will not be talking about Drake. This is just about the old 1980s Degrassi. So if you're here to hear about Drake, you should probably leave now. Um, So Degrassi was interesting to me because it showed us real students uh, navigating a real neighborhood in a real city. Uh, So I wanted to start my talk by walking home with some of the characters um, in the show. So first there's Rick, uh, who had a bad reputation at Degrassi Junior High. From Degrassi Street, Rick's walk home is relatively short. He lives at Queen and Carla above a restaurant with his abusive father. This part of Leslieville is especially tied to its working class roots and was once known for its factories. 
In season one, episode 10, Rick notes that it smelled so bad in the summers that he couldn't open his bedroom window. Caitlin asks him why he didn't just buy an air purifier, and Rick goes, you think my dad couldn't afford an air purifier? Then there was Yikyu. We don't know exactly know where Yikyu lives, but we see a bit of his house in season one, episode three, when he answers the door to his best friend, Arthur. Arthur has brought over an essay written by Stephanie Kay for Yik to copy. We don't see much of Yik's home in the scene, but in season one, episode 10, we learn that Yik is a refugee, and he describes his home as, quote, a big house with about a million relatives. So it's likely that Yik lives in a multi-generational, multi-family household, which is interesting to me because it's very common to see now with a lot of newcomers. Finally, we have season one, episode two, and we have Lucy showing off her house to the twins, Heather and Erica. So Lucy's house might have looked like a typical Victorian era home from the outside, like every other house on the street, but as soon as they walk in, the twins are immediately impressed and say, wow, your parents must be loaded. Lucy scoffs and says, this dump, you should see our loft in Manhattan. <laughs> we, we don't really know when Lucy moved to Toronto with her family, but we gather she comes from an affluent background, and it made me wonder, was Lucy and her parents early gentrifiers of the neighborhood? Degrassi wanted to show us real students. They used local, unprofessional, and age-appropriate actors to portray Canadian youth. They were a bit unkempt, the production value wasn't very flashy, and at times it was pretty gritty. There's something very real about how it grounded us in these real stories of these East End kids. My own walk home from school didn't feel as special, or interesting at the time. I lived in a suburb that, on the surface, probably didn't look like much, but I realized later it was layered with stories. I'd usually rush home after school, through the park behind the, all the portables, across the busy road, then around the corner to where I lived. There really wasn't anywhere else I could walk to, so the stories I encountered were on TV. The TV was a coveted item in our home. It was always on. We had a system worked out in our family. If you wanted to watch something, you had to reserve the TV or call it for a certain time, and everyone just had to respect that. For example, if you wanted to watch Sister, Sister at 4 p.m. on Omni 2, you would go into the living room and proclaim, I'm watching my show here at 4 o'clock, called it, and then, quickly, and then quickly rush out before anyone could protest. I remember poring over the TV guide every week and planning what I was going to watch so that I could make sure I could get some TV allocated to me. When I came home from school, I just kind of encountered Degrassi. My sister usually had it on between 4 and 5 p.m. on CBC. It came on right before John Vision, and my sister had a crush on Jonathan Torrens. Although watching Degrassi wasn't initially part of my practice, I often just had to contend with it. <laughs> the show surrounded me and engulfed her home on those weekday afternoons. And not just Degrassi either, but other Canadian content we got on our basic cable too. Images of what it looked like to have a Canadian experience emanated throughout our home. Things that other Canadians were experiencing felt a little bit within our grasp because of TV. In the summers, things weren't much different. The TV was still on. Confined to our homes, many second generation kids in the suburbs like myself and my siblings turn to TV and fiction to create a sense of community. Our Canadian experience has shaped, was shaped around television. I guess watching other kids doing other kid things helped us experience them secondhand. From our small TV, I watched the stories of other people unfold. The kids at Degrassi Junior High exploring, exploring their East End neighborhood, LD walking to soccer practice, Joey going joyriding, Stephanie and the twins to the school dance. We sat in our living room getting lost in the misadventures of Canadian teen drama. I remember the first time I encountered Degrassi Junior High. It was the summer of 1999, and I was waiting patiently for my sister to finish watching her show. She had the 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. block, prime lunchtime viewing. 
so here I was waiting for my sister to finish watching this weird 80s teen drama that I had never seen before when I caught a glimpse of a brown girl on the screen. It was a tail end of an episode, a scene in which the characters were preparing a dress rehearsal for a school play, season two, episode five. One of the characters, Ka Kathleen, is saying something snide to about another character, Caitlin. In the corner of the, s of the screen, there's a brown girl helping Kathleen into her costume. Kathleen appears to be speaking to the brown girl, but the brown girl doesn't respond. Instead, Rick chimes in and soon our heroine Caitlin appears on screen. The brown girl appears to be engaged. I can see she's listening and observing, but she still doesn't say anything. I was floored. Who was that brown girl? The credits rolled, and I found out the character has a name, Jothi, a distinctly brown name. I repeated her name, Jothi, Jothi. Who was she? I kept watching Degrassi that summer, waiting for Jothi's story, waiting for her to reveal something about herself. I wondered, what was she like? What made her tick? Did she play in the school band? What was her family like? Was it like mine? Was she also secretly annoyed by Sa Caitlin's savior complex? <laughs> I waited, but Joey's so Jothi's story never unfolded. She largely remained silent in the background, usually in a group of multicultural friends supporting some white character storyline. She was a girl of few words, apparently, 29 to be exact. From her words, we know that she expressed concerns for her friends and had a fondness for cookies. Here are all of Jothi's lines throughout Degrassi. <laughs> Season two, episode five. I thought you and Rick are going out. Season three, episode five. I've seen him looking at you too. Season two, episode five. I'm hungry, where are the cookies? <laughs> Season one, episode 11. Are you okay, Spike? Are you sure? Her name is said aloud once, mispronounced, of course. In season two, episode five, the girls are having a sleepover at Susie's house. They have a seance or something, and then Caitlin has a seizure. The girls panic, and Susie tells Jothi to get her mom, but calls her Jody. It was a small moment in the episode, but it reminded me of all the times that people mispronounced my own name and called me Sanjay. It's, it's actually Sanjay. Never call me Sanjay. Seeing Jothi felt like enough for me at that age, though just knowing that she was there, taking up a space, having this awesome brown name. This was a time that all I really had in terms of representation was a poo from The Simpsons. Witnessing Jothi, remained, witnessing Jothi remain on the periphery of Degrassi's narrative, though, made me wonder about myself. Was I also a background character? Was I worth the story? Could I have the same experiences as the white characters? Was I allowed to? Or, only, or was I only good enough to support a white person's story? My experience growing up in the suburbs probably looks a lot different from what you're imagining. I lived in a neighborhood that was mostly brown and black, so you'd be really hard-pressed to make any of us background characters. The stories I saw in Degrassi could have easily happened in my neighborhood. Difference was at the forefront of our daily lives. There were stories of newcomers and refugees, shift work and intergenerational conflict, sadness and violence, things that you may not immediately associate with the suburbs. So if being a suburban kid, theoretically, is supposed to mean that you have parents who shuttle you to sports practices, piano lessons, sleepovers, summer camps, and cottage weekends, then what happens to those suburban kids who don't have those experiences? Perhaps we're stuck at home, getting lost in fiction and in TV. As a kid who didn't have a lot of close friends, Degrassi allowed me to experience friendship in a secondhand way, too. Degrassi's focus wasn't to show us deep friendships, though. It was busy teaching us about every social issue you could think of with a huge cast of characters. So there wasn't a lot of time to devote to friendship storylines. But one of the most fascinating friendships to me was between Kathleen Mead and Melanie Brody. They started out as these two nondescript preteen girls who kind of got gossip in the background. 
But when you see them together, you can tell how different they are, but also how much they cared for each other. We come to know Melanie wants to have the full junior high experience. In season one, episode three, she even says, I thought there would be more parties in junior high. Not political parties, but with boys and dancing <laughs> and potato chips and drugs, she adds darkly. <laughs> Kathleen is shocked. But nevertheless, the girls are determined to try, dr try drugs in grade seven. Joey overhears their plan and tricks the girls into buying vitamin pills, thinking that they're called New Zealand zappers. <laughs> As the season progresses, we, we learn that Melanie is more interested in dating horoscopes and getting her braces off. Kathleen is more into school. She heads the Environmental Action Committee, stars in the school play, and is a vocal member of the Degrassi Digest. Kathleen ends up being one of those tra tragic Degrassi characters, though. The writers give her a lot of problems. An alcoholic mother, an eating disorder, an abusive boyfriend, and Melanie quietly kind of stands beside her side this whole time, which is interesting because Kathleen is kind of awful to Melanie a lot of the times. She puts her down a lot, doesn't let her join the dance committee, calls her a sex maniac. <laughs> Perhaps I saw a lot of myself in Kathleen, though. She's kind of standoffish and reserved and very independent. Through these portrayals of friendship, Degrassi became an important tool for me to navigate my own relationships. I didn't actually have a lot of deep and meaningful friendships in my childhood. I read a lot. It had, I had a hard time connecting with people. My home life felt chaotic. It was sometimes violent and unsafe, and it felt hopeless at times. Degrassi for me was something I likely latched onto in a moment of loneliness. Being part of friend groups, communities, and teams kind of makes me feel uncomfortable. I wouldn't necessarily say I'm shy, but socializing hasn't always been easy for me. It's not my favorite thing to do. And as I got older, I realized that I take a while for people to warm up to me. But when I feel like we're going to be in it for the long run, and when I feel like sharing a part of me with someone, I'll throw in an episode of Degrassi and watch it with them. A lot of my good friendships started out this way, including with Kate Bars, who curated the show today. So we'll watch Degrassi, we'll talk through it, we'll laugh at the awkwardness, the 80s fashions, we'll gossip about the characters. For me, it's a pleasure to introduce Degrassi to friends because it's like I'm experiencing the show for the first time all over again. Except this time, I'm not that lonely, awkward kid in the suburbs. I realized, too, that the friends who stuck with me past their first episode of Degrassi were investing time in me, too. They either fell in love with the show or just put up with it because they cared about me. If I share Degrassi with you, you should probably know I want to be friends with you for a long time. <laughs> Sometimes I don't have much to say, so I find it comforting that I can just put on Degrassi episodes with a friend. I don't really have to explain myself. We can mostly sit in silence and watch Yuck awkwardly ask Melanie out on a date, gasp when Diana sneaks out to a party, and hold our breaths when Erica walks into the abortion clinic. Although I didn't really have the type of community growing up that I saw in Degrassi, I realized I was creating my own community with and around Degrassi by sharing with people I cared about. So Degrassi, for me, was about possibility. The possibility of seeing my neighborhood as worthy of sharing stories, the possibility of someone who looked like me being at the forefront of a narrative, and the possibility of friendship and connection. Um, quoting Jeff Prevere from this collection of essays called Growing Up Degrassi, which you should read, <laughs> he, says, he says, a recurring experience recounted through these essays involves someone getting hooked, usually despite themselves, on one of the Degrassi series because they encountered something, a story, a character, a situation that echoed from personal experience, a moment when the screen caught the reflection of the viewer. So maybe this is what Degrassi did for me, and maybe this is how I found myself in Degrassi Junior High. Thank you. Sanjay Mathuria. 
You're listening to the Trampoline Hall Podcast. I'm Misha Goldman. Up next, the Q&A. Are there any questions? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yes, yes, you ma'am. Who is the sister sister fan in your house? My sister Mina, and then I became a fan, of course, because she was always on. <laughs> All right, there you go. Does that answer your question? Yes. Very clearly, yes. Anything else anyone would like to know? Yes, yes. How do you watch Degrassi now? How do you watch now? You mean like, Access. like, like through oh. what? Actually, how do you come to watch it? Because it was only on in the past. Is that the? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's all on YouTube. But in high school, when I worked at Blockbuster, I bought all the seasons on DVD. Uh, but it's on YouTube, all of it. All right, and so, and so actually, so then how do you do? You watch the YouTube's? Do you watch the DVDs? Have like nostalgia for you? Or like, I lost man, it only of them, counts. But they're oh. all. In, I watch it on YouTube now. You watch it on YouTube. Yeah. Okay, all right. So you're not like a purist who has to watch it on DVD. No, or not anymore. Okay. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Any other questions? Anything else? I'm like, oh, yes, you man. What's your favorite episode? What's your favorite episode? Oh, um, I think. Oh, my favorite episode is uh, season one episode. Season one of Degrassi High episode. 10, I believe, called um, Little White Lies. It's about Diana who sneaks out to a party. And she comes from a very strict, like, Greek family. And her brothers and let her go out to parties. And so I thought that was pretty badass. And she read The Outsiders and thought it was cool to sneak out because of that. <laughs> Does that answer your question? Does that, yeah. And does it seem like a reason? Is that, do you have your own favorite episode? Is that what you asked? Yeah, or? what's yours? One of the twins gets a mono. It's called Sealed with a Kiss. Yeah. Oh, they do the date switch thing? And then does the mono like find them out? Is it like, wait a minute, the wrong twin has the mono. Is it like that? That's a good episode. Yeah. So you guys can still get along. I was worried that you'd be like, your episode, your favorite episode sucks. Your favorite episode sucks. But you guys, you guys can... All right. Okay, good. So that's your favorite episode. I think so. But then the other, que- the implicit question I had, which is, is her favorite episode okay? The answer is yes. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. That's great. All right. Anything else? Anything else anyone would like to know? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Are you partial to junior high or do you like... Do you like Degrassi junior oh. high or Degrassi high? I don't know how many... I assume there's Degrassi graduate school and Degrassi... <laughs> do they, how far up do they go? What's the, there's a new one. So what is it? There, what is it? There's Degrassi Junior High, Degrassi High, and then Next Generation. Degrassi High TNG. Next, yeah. It's what else is there? It's still on. Next Class. It's called. Is that a different one from Next Generation, or is that the? Oh, it's on now. It's on like literally right now. We could all go home and watch it. Okay. 
I think my favorite was actually the kids of Degrassi Street. It was like from 1979 to 85. The kids of Degrassi? Yeah, it was like. Were really they the offspring of the junior high school students? No. Some of them, but they had different names in the junior high version for some reason. Okay. Um, but yeah, I like that one better because it was filmed actually on Degrassi Street. So that's the best one. So the best one is Kids of Degrassi. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Okay, anything else? Anything else I would like to know? Yes, yes, you, sir. Uh, have you been to the actual Degrassi? Have you been to the actual school? The school or the street? Oh, wait, that's the second one, the school. Oh, yeah, yeah the school's actually not on Degrassi Street what? or in Leslieville. It's in South Etobicoke. It's called Vincent Massey Public He's school? nodding. He's like, yes, yes. He's like, aha, it was a trick question. <laughs> he was like, you didn't, you didn't fall for my ruse. It's in, but it's going to be turned into uh, townhouses, I think. Oh, my God. Yeah. Are they going <laughs> to... <laughs> I'm pretty right. sure, yeah. So you, have you been? So have been you been to the school? Yeah, you've been to the school. Like outside of it, I didn't go inside. Yeah, I'm right, sure. Because yeah. you're right, <laughs> right? Because yeah, but you went to the school. <laughs> were you just there accidentally, or was it like? Uh, were you like I'm? No, go. I deliberately wanted to go there. You were like I'm going to go to the Degrassi yeah. school. How far is it from where you are? At that, I was like, uh, it took like maybe over two hours to get there. Right. <laughs> transit. Okay, all right. So pretty good. So yeah, you've been to, and then have you been to like, to, you've been to Degrassi Street, presumably? Oh yeah, I've given people tours. <laughs> you give people tours of Degrassi Street? Yeah, sometimes. What would be, what would, is that like, does that mean you really, 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 really want to be friends with them? Is that like a yeah. higher, so if no, you put on the video. they hate me when I do that. Sorry? They hate me when I do that. Well, I can is that true? What do you, what do you do when you uh, I just tour? point out like where the characters live or like where they film certain scenes in that area. How long would one of these tours be, typically? Um, I don't know. It could take a full afternoon if you want. Yeah. Is there anyone here in the room who you've taken on a tour Kate like that? Bars. Kate, is that true? Oh, my God. Kate, okay, really? Is that true? He took you on a... He's taking you on multiple Degrassi-related tours? So every so often, he takes... Every so often, he's like, Kate, it's time to take you on another Degrassi tour. <laughs> Sorry? The grocery? Yeah, And he'll point out to you the house. So that would be what the pilgrimage would be like. See that house? Yeah. That used to be the store. And you're like, I'm your friend. <laughs> <laughs> and, then you, and then you take the two-hour trip back home. <laughs> and you, are you guys then like, that was a, that was a day well spent? <laughs> All right, cool. Okay, cool, awesome. <laughs> that gives me a lot of that gives me more insight into your friendship. That's good. All right, anything anything else people would like to know? Yeah. How does the Degrassi movie factor to your? How, where does the movie fit in with all of these out? things? Oh, schools, schools out, right? Schools out. Um, yeah, I remember they didn't show it like during the day. They showed it like late at night because there's like swearing and sex in it. Yeah, it's very sexy. Um, but uh, no, it was good. It's like very sad and tragic, which is on point with Degrassi, I guess. Uh, a lot of things happen to the characters. So. You seem sort of like uh, you have a restrained, it seems like a more restrained enthusiasm that I'm getting for the movie. No, than that's for the just me. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is your enthusiasm. Yeah. Cool, yeah. all right. <laughs> Excellent. So that was, that was actually your like jubilant enthusiasm. Yeah. Okay, all right. Anything else, anything over here? Anything, anything else you would like to know? Any other questions? Yeah, back there, yeah. Hi. Have you ever watched Kim's Convenience? Have you ever watched what? Kim's Convenience. Oh, That's yeah. a real lateral leap, isn't it? <laughs> uh, have you watched Kim's Convenience? I've seen a few episodes, yeah. What do you, like, if it was on, do you think it, like, because I'm also, like, second generation, like, immigrant. Oh, okay. So you're, like, you think, like, that's a contemporary Canadian second generation immigrant show 
like Degrassi was. Or trying to be. Or trying to be or whatever. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so the question is what? what the, the, do you, I guess like, um, do, you, like, do you think it does a better job of representation than Degrassi? Do you think Kim's Convenience does a better job of representation of immigrants than Degrassi? <laughs> is that, yeah. I think that's a, that's a good question. I haven't seen a lot of episodes to like say that it does or doesn't, but from what I've seen, I, I think it's a step in the right direction. I think what I'd like to see, what would be more interesting would be to see immigrant narratives from the suburbs, like show me like Brampton or Scarborough or Rexdale, like I wanna see those on TV. Right, as opposed to kind of the, I guess Degrassi, so like it's this downtown kind of, downtown-ish? Downtown-ish, yeah. Downtown-ish sort yeah. of thing. So, so you'd want to see more just that, and is that, is that, where's Kim's Convenience set, is it? It is downtown, so there's not like a, there's nothing like that. Is there nothing that is there is there no depiction of that suburban in does anyone know? TV and movies? Or yeah. Uh, no, not really. Not. There's a lot of books coming out about Scarborough and the suburbs now. Though. Right. Yeah. I feel like okay. All right. So, so so you feel like so a little bit better, but not a lot better. Does that answer your question? Yes. Does that tie up with your does that tie with your understanding? Great. So once again, we have agreement. That's good. Anything else? Anything else? Anyone would like to know? Any other questions? <laughs> Yes, yeah, well, no, don't go with it. We haven't heard from you. We haven't heard from you, <laughs> sir, who I've never met before. Um, so I don't know this for sure, but my impression is that, like, with later iterations of Degrassi, it gets more representative than it was in the 80s. Um, and yet you are less enthusiastic about the later iterations. Huh. So I'm just wondering about that. Right, so the question is, the question is, our understanding is that as the show goes on, it gets more broadly representative, but you like the show less. Um, what, what's up? Um, is that the <laughs> I don't know if it's a, that I like this show less. I just don't follow it as closely. I think what dropped me off of the newer iterations of Degrassi was that it kind of lost its like grittiness that the original had. Like they they they're too attractive and they're too like good at acting. <laughs> now I don't know. It's less like you know relatable to me. Was that part of the comfort of the show? Is the sense that like it didn't feel like it was like a well-made show in that yeah, way? Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. And that didn't like upset you or turn you off. No, or I was into that. that how come? Um, I, I don't think because they, they look, they were, they look like kids I could have gone to school with. Right. So look more like that, and the, and all that other stuff, and the production values, and all that stuff you didn't have. So much of my experience as a kid of watching Canadian TV was like this sort of vague embarrassment Perfect. to yeah. be like, oh, like we made that. Like, no, I love that. You like that? Yeah. that you're a, you're a, I'm a traitor, obviously. And you're like, a, you're, a, you're a great Canadian. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, any, any other questions? Anything else? Yeah, yeah. Are there any shows, shows that fill the void now that Degrassi isn't as great? Um, well, one show that I wanted to talk about as part of this talk that I'm also obsessed with is Ready or Not. Does anyone remember that? Ready or Not? A lot of people do. I have Man no idea what you people are talking about. What is it? 1993 to 19... Uh, about Amanda and Busy. They grow up in, like, suburban Toronto. They're best friends. It's oh, it's so, so it is suburban, so it's suburban Toronto? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's very awkward. I love it. Ready or Not. And it's also about young people? Yeah. About young people, so that's good. Okay, so that fills that. Anything else? Uh, I don't know, what am I watching? I'm watching this show called Rita, it's on Netflix, but a Danish what? teacher. Uh, it's very, it's not very good, but I'm watching it. <laughs> <laughs> That's filling a That's void, I guess. Netflix's <laughs> slogan, pretty <Yeah>. much. <laughs> yeah. All right, good. Okay, so there's a couple, there's a couple for you. There's a couple of, uh, how often, how much do you, uh, how much do you watch Degrassi? Like how much do you, do you watch Degrassi? Uh, to rephrase the question. <laughs> um, I feel like I, I find myself watching it every few months, just 
on the ba- in the background if I'm doing something or if I. And then, like when you say watching, it, you just like throw on one episode or whatever. Yeah, or, like, or I'll like if I feel like watching a certain episode, I'll put it on. Okay, but it's not like it's not like every day or. Uh, no. Uh, always. No, not not right now. No. Okay. Was there a time when it was? Was there a time when it was like well, well, your peak of watching it? How much did you watch it? Probably every day. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's a, like like one. A few episodes. A few episodes a day. So there was a time you were watching like a few episodes of Degrassi every day? Yeah. What what age was that? Uh, I think that's when I found them all on YouTube when I was like 18. Right. And you were just like, I'm just going to watch these. Yeah. I'm just going to watch these. And how was it? Was that good? Was that a good time in your life? Uh, No, but that was a good find for me on YouTube. Right. So that was helpful. (laughs) That was helpful. Okay, cool. And how many people? How many people have you? When you describe that experience of like of someone like you're like, oh, I want to be friends with this person. They're like, come over. Let me show you. Let's watch a Degrassi episode. Like a just ballpark, how many people do you think that you've had that experience with? Um, probably like eight to ten. Okay. Who people are like, wow? Did you, you say wow because you thought it was a lot? Yeah, it's a lot. Okay, it's more than more than you, I'm guessing. Or <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. I've, right. I've had friends who refuse to get into it. Really? Yeah. Like, what do they? Who? Okay, who? <laughs> I don't. I don't want to name names, but but you can. Okay, just describe them, like physically. Uh, <laughs> No, they just they just didn't want to watch Degrassi or Ready or Not with me. So you would say, "Hey, come over to my place. Let's watch Degrassi," and they'd come over, and you'd bring up the Degrassi, and be, they'd be like, "What? Yeah. They just like shield their eyes?" No, they would, they would like, like watch it reluctantly, and I could tell they were not into it, and then they, <laughs> they just they like be like, pretty much, yeah. So uh, yeah. And do you are you able to maintain a friendship with them? Yeah, eventually. Yeah. All right. Okay, but it's a it's an obstacle. Yeah, it is. How did it go with Kate when you first watched it with Kate? She was very receptive to Degrassi. <laughs> um, yeah, she put up with a lot of Degrassi. We lived together for a year. Wait, because of the Degrassi watching? Like, is there? A I think so. No. Is that, no. <laughs> Kate shakes her head. There are other reasons. There are other reasons she lived with you that are not directly related to the fact you were like. So my, the story I want to believe is you're like, oh, this guy has all the Degrassi episodes. He's who I should live with. But that's not. That's not what happened. Well, that's not a very compelling counter story. <laughs> All right. Um, do you have any, like, for, for people who want to get into the show, is there any episode we should start with? Um, just start with the first one. <laughs> Season one, episode one. Yeah, about that's reasonable. Stephanie K. You have your CIA question? Yeah. Um, have you ever met or like, sought to meet actors? Have you ever met or sought to meet any of the actors? I sometimes would see them randomly, like, in around Toronto, but yeah. I never felt like I needed to meet them. I felt like just knowing so much about them from Degrassi was enough. I don't need to like meet them. You I mean, if I, if I do randomly, it's fine, but I'm not going to go out to meet them. You don't go to Degrassi Con and line mm, up? And no. I'm assuming there is a Degrassi Con. I think I don't so. Know. Okay. But you haven't, if there is, you haven't gone? No, I don't. Okay. Think, yeah. All right. Anything else? Oh, yes, over there. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever met anyone who liked Degrassi <laughs> as much as you? Uh, yeah, it becomes sort of a competition when I do meet someone who's obsessed with Degrassi like me. Um, but it usually turns into a good friendship. All right. Do, do, you, do you have someone in mind who might like <laughs> Degrassi as much as him? No, okay. I thought maybe you like, but you're yeah, like, no, I don't like Degrassi that much. It's okay. All right. Is there anyone here who feels they might like Degrassi as much as him? You like Degrassi a lot. How much? Okay, well, let's just settle this once and for all. Scale of one to ten. How much do you like Degrassi? You've watched all the versions of all the seasons. How about you? I can't compete with that. All right, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anything else? Anything else? It feels like it. Sorry? Yeah. I think it is. Yeah, I think it's something to be proud of. 
I think that's what we've established here is that liking Degrassi is very much something to be proud of. Anything else? Any other questions anyone would, li anyone, anyone would like to know about Degrassi? I think there was one more thing I wanted to know. I, I'm curious about, I'm curious about, um, do you, when, when you were, at the, when you started watching, you were younger than them? Uh, yeah, I was like, I was 10. Were you, a, were you like looking forward to being that age? I was kind of scared from what I saw. <laughs> Right, because I guess every week a new issue comes up. Yeah. Every week there's like an illness or an abortion or a drug problem or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So was, was, was that age easier then than the show depicts? I, I, I didn't have as hard of a time as some of those characters, but right. it, it was okay. Okay. All right, cool. All right, well, let, let, let me wrap it up there. Ladies and gentlemen, Sanjay Mathuria. Trampling Hall was created in Toronto in the 21st century by Sheila Hetty and is hosted by me. This episode's lecture was chosen by Kate Bars. The podcast is produced by Josh Block. Our theme music was composed by Matt Smith. Our coordinating producer is Kate Bars. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on Twitter or Facebook. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can really help us out by leaving a rating or review on iTunes. It helps a lot. I'm Misha Globerman. Thanks for listening. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.